You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 81. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and I've got a question for you. What would you say if I told you that there was one habit that you could put in place for your PMO that would guarantee success with your PMO this year? What would you say? You think it's possible? You'll find out in today's episode. We're going to dive into the one habit that has shown to consistently improve the success of PMOs anywhere in any organization and around the world. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by my PMO Health Assessment and Plan Builder Workshop. Conduct an assessment of your PMO and build your PMO execution plan to chart your path to PMO excellence this year. This program follows my highly acclaimed Impact Engine PMO framework that my students rave about. You'll conduct an assessment of your PMO's current health status, uncover those hidden barriers that are slowing down your PMO progress today, get laser focused on the highest value services to build PMO credibility, and know that you're really focused on the right things, learn the most effective influence techniques to gain that critical leadership support, and create your plan for adding more value with your PMO now and well into the future. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash workshop to learn all about this program and how you can get started today, right away in this self-paced program and make a bigger impact with your PMO in 2021. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash workshop. I cannot wait to see you there. Okay, let's dive in. I made a pretty bold statement there that there was one habit that would guarantee success for your PMO this year. You ready to know what it is? Okay, let's start with where we've been and then we'll talk about where you can be headed. A lot of organizations needed to make a big pivot last year to respond to the coronavirus global pandemic and many PMOs struggled to even get the attention of their business leaders and earn their seat at the table during what I was telling everyone was a critical opportunity for PMOs. Because many PMO leaders were very, very busy scrambling, trying to figure out how they could keep doing what they've always been doing or continue to make their incremental continuous improvement initiatives happen while there was global chaos going on around them. You see, many business leaders found themselves in a position where they had to make overnight changes as new information was coming in and they were needing to figure out how to respond to do things like work from home overnight to how they were going to keep their clients running and their customers happy. A lot of businesses had to go from being in-person brick and mortar stores to being focused on online. There was a lot of chaos and change happening and business leaders needed real-time information to drive the decisions they were trying to make. And I kept telling PMO leaders, listen, this is your chance. This is your opportunity to earn your seat at the table. This is your opportunity because we frankly hold the keys to the information that our business leaders needed in order to inform their decisions that they were needing to make. 
We know where the projects are. We know what the resources are doing. We know what's happening in the organization with respect to all of the change initiatives, projects, programs, portfolios. And that's where a lot of your people are working, right? In continuing to build new capabilities and services for the organization. So when business leaders needed to say, hey, what do we need to change? What do we need to do here to respond? The PMO had an opportunity to lead that change. The PMO had an opportunity to become the strategy navigator for the organization. And in many cases, they did. The pandemic was an opportunity to do what I was calling stop, drop, and roll. Everyone was on fire, and this was a chance to bring calm to the scene. And the PMOs that did this stop, drop, and roll were super successful because they were the ones that the business leaders were looking to to create the calm under fire. Now, I got to see a lot of this firsthand because I'm in a unique position. I support a ton of PMO leaders throughout this pandemic and well before and well after through my Impact Engine PMO training and coaching program, as well as in our community. And I can tell you what absolutely worked during that time. I can tell you the habit that these PMO leaders had in place going into this pandemic and continue to reinforce today. The PMOs that were successful had this flexible style and a built-in agility into how they served the business. And the cool thing is that this changed the way PMOs were viewed, valued, and engaged during the height of the crisis and now as we learn new ways of working and adapting to a changing world. So I'm going to share with you this biggest habit that my students had in place and why they got that first phone call from business leaders when the crisis struck. They had their seat at the table right away and were able to support their business leaders through the change process. And by the way, that's really all we're talking about here. It was simply the PMO being that strategy navigator and navigating a changing world in chaos and leading their businesses through a change process. That's what we do. We are the ones that create and deliver change for organizations. And that's what the PMO has to be an expert at, leading and driving change in a flexible and adaptive way. So how do you do that? What's this one big habit that PMO leaders had that helped them succeed last year? Remember when I said stop, drop, and roll when you're on fire? Okay, what does that mean? Stop. Stop doing what isn't helping right now and go solve the immediate pain points of today. So during the pandemic, that meant you focus on the pandemic. You don't keep doing the things that you've always been doing that aren't providing value. You don't keep working on your continuous improvement projects to put more templates in place or add additional process. And the PMOs that were really struggling last year are the ones that were asking, how do I keep going on all of these initiatives? And my response was, you don't. You stop doing all of that stuff that, frankly, nobody cares about right now. And we have a hard enough time making them care in good circumstances. We ain't going to be able to make them care about it when they're in the middle of trying to figure out how do they keep their families safe and how do they ensure that their colleagues and coworkers and staff are safe during a crisis. So step one was stop. Stop doing what you're doing right now, unless it's directly and specifically helping to address the pain points the business leaders had in the moment. You can always come back to your continuous improvement initiatives or bringing about new services and capabilities for the organization later, but in that moment, 
The goal was to stop focusing on things that were not direct value add in the moment, stop building new services and capabilities they don't need and figure out what you can build that will directly provide the value necessary to address the most urgent and pressing need that was happening for these organizations and these business leaders. Second, drop. So stop was all about stop building new capabilities that aren't really going to address the pain of today and drop, drop any existing in place services that are taking up your time and capacity and aren't of value in the moment so that you can make room to be there to respond to the immediate services, the immediate needs that business leaders have in the moment. So let's say that you were providing project management advisory services, or you were handling a lot of phase gate reviews or big heavy governance process or something like that. You would want to put that on the back burner in the moment so that you could switch gears and create space for your people to go in and do rescue work, to do project pauses, to help projects kind of stop in a good place so that they could be picked up again later, to put more emphasis on pulling that information necessary to have a good perspective across the portfolio of what's happening in the moment, where are resources, how can we redirect and shift resources, making space to answer those what if questions that a lot of business leaders were struggling with when they weren't sure exactly how they were going to need to respond and they needed information from us, from the PMO. So stop was all about stop building new things that are not relevant in the moment and drop is all about pausing certain existing services that are not immediately helping to address the crisis, the pain, so that you can have space to do what's most urgently needed in the moment as these chaotic changes are going on around you. And then the third part is roll. So stop, drop, and roll. Exactly what you want to do if you find yourself on fire. That third step, create a cyclical approach to building and delivering PMO capabilities and services that allow the PMO to remain nimble and flexible and respond quickly when changes are happening around you. Once we've paused working on continuous improvement initiatives that aren't relevant in the moment, dropped services that are not helping us meet the immediate pain points, then we need to create an iterative and agile cyclical approach to building and delivering on the capabilities that are needed, that are relevant, that are going to help the business move forward from the crisis into a much better future state. So how do you do that? You must regularly assess the organization for impact opportunities. Evaluate what you're doing today for the organization to make sure it still makes sense and then Evolve your PMO as the needs of the organization shift because they will again and again and again. That's why a static PMO or a build it once or a big bang approach to a PMO doesn't work because the needs of the organization change. And if you keep doing the same old things that maybe worked last year or the year before or the year before that, and then expect that it's going to keep working when the needs of the organization have shifted, you're probably one of those PMOs that has to chase people down in order to get engagement because your business leaders and your stakeholders don't really remember why it is that they have to engage with you. What have you done for me lately? 
So the kind of PMO that I teach my students to build is the kind of PMO that says, I'll show you what we've done for you. Boom, look at that. Oh, and look at that. And look at when that new thing came up, look at how we responded. We got you. That's the kind of PMO you wanna build. You wanna build the PMO that becomes the trusted advisor for your organization that is there immediately when the crisis strikes, when a global pandemic hits, or the market shifts, or a takeover from another organization happens, or there's a change in administration, or the millions of other changes that happen to businesses every single year. So we know there's gonna be change. Why don't we build a PMO in an agile way that helps us respond to those changes. That's what my students do. In our Impact Engine PMO training and coaching program, I got to see firsthand tons of success stories in 2020 when there was a global pandemic happening because they had this agile approach to a PMO figured out because that's what I taught them to build. So how do you do that? Well, when I say an agile PMO, I'm not saying implement agile methods for projects. That's not at all what I'm talking about. I'm talking little a agile, nimble, flexible, adaptive, responsive, and engaged with the business leaders and the stakeholders, knowing what they need and getting to the point where you can anticipate it before they've even realized that's what's coming next and that that's what they're going to need. So my students use this PMO health assessment and plan builder program to create this iterative approach to building PMO services and capabilities in that nimble and flexible way. And the secret is that we don't do a one-time assessment. We don't do an annual only assessment. We do assessment work every single quarter. In fact, I have my students build what I call the 3090 plan to create and deliver on a roadmap of services and capabilities for the organization. Every 90 days, which is about every quarter, the PMO does an assessment to evaluate what services and capabilities may be needed now based on the shifting needs of the organization. How are the services and capabilities that are in place measuring up to what we said we were gonna deliver and the value we said we were bringing to the organization? And where do we need to focus next? So instead of only assessing your organization once every year, maybe at the beginning of the year, or assessing your organization every time there's a new takeover or a new version of the PMO because it only survived one or two years, the habit that you need to build is doing a more recurring, natural, iterative assessment process every quarter. Now, When I say that, some people might think, oh my gosh, how am I possibly going to have the time for that? Don't worry. The more you make it a habit, the more frequently you do it, the more natural it becomes and the more part of the process of what you do every day, not just you, but all the people on your team or anybody else that's involved in the PMO, it becomes a habit for them. And so it's not a big scary, heavy process every time you need to do an assessment. It's something that actually becomes a matter of course, and it's easy to integrate with your day-to-day responsibilities. So every 90 days, you take a look at where you are, what services you're delivering now that are working and maybe not working. And the only way you're going to be able to do that correctly 
is if you're actually measuring the impact you're making, which is a really important part of this process, and assessing what you need to focus on next to support your business needs and the shifting environment around you. So I talked about measurement. That's where the 30 part of the 30-90 process comes in. When you have these 90-day cycles, you then want to evaluate every 30 days how you're progressing towards your goals on a quarterly basis. So what my students do is they put together a year-long or maybe even two-year-long roadmap. The template supports both. And they lay out quarterly what the services are that they're going to be building and what they're going to be delivering on each quarter. And then they put metrics next to that to show not just what the outputs are going to be, but what the outcomes are going to be. How are you going to measure that you actually achieve the business value, not just some metrics on how many projects you're managing, et cetera. Nobody cares about that. But the business value achieved, the outcomes achieved, the return on investment achieved by delivering those services and capabilities. And so you put those numbers in place when you create this roadmap and then You measure every 30 days, are we tracking towards the numbers we expected? Are we achieving the value, the return on investment that we expected? So you see we're building in this nimble and flexible, adaptive and responsive model, even down to the monthly level. Because every month you just take a look, okay, how are our services doing? Are we on track? Are we off track? What do we have to do to get back on track? Is this service actually providing the value we thought it was going to? Do we have to hit the reset button here? Is this one of the services we might need to drop depending what's going on? And then that helps you better prepare for then these quarterly evaluations. They're not so hard to do because you're just measuring every 30 days. Remember, habit, habit, habit. How do we build this into a habit so that it's not so hard to do? I know you know that habits can be incredibly difficult to instill and to really truly become a habit as opposed to just something we've repeated a few times. This is a part of that. Every 30 days, all year long, every quarter, you are measuring how you're tracking on the services that you have in place and if they're providing that return on investment, that impact. And then by the time you've gotten through a whole year, you've measured 12 times. You can really see some trends as to how things are going, what's working, what's not. But this helps you to become more adaptive and responsive when something isn't working and you need to make a change. Or if you find yourself in a position where your business leaders need something different. You see, if you put a whole year long plan in place and you don't do that regular health assessment and evaluation as to what's working and what's not, you may find that you're delivering on services and capabilities that nobody wants, nobody's using, they aren't providing any value or the intended value. So when you measure every 30 and then you make changes every 90, you evaluate at every quarter whether or not these services are really truly delivering the way you expected and if you need to make a change, if there's something new coming in that you need to respond to. It's beautiful because you become in this state of constant adaptation and flexibility and responsiveness that is what your business leaders are looking for. That's the big problem that a lot of PMOs haven't figured out yet is that they build an organization that is so rigid and structured and frustrating, frankly, for the business leaders because it's not doing what they need in the moment. This 30-90 approach that my students follow 
helps them create this adaptive framework for PMO services and capability delivery and measuring the value and the impact they're having on the organization. So there you have it. That's the biggest secret to having a PMO that is not just surviving, but actually thriving during a global pandemic, after as we are into our recovery and well into the future. And being a PMO that gets that first phone call when the next big change or crisis strikes, immediately having your seat at the table and ready to respond. So what can you do to build a productive, adaptive habit into the way that you organize the services and capabilities you're going to deliver, delivering on those services and capabilities, measuring the impact you're actually making in the organization, and getting and keeping your seat at the table. Now, if you want my help with this, I would love to have you join me at the PMO Health Assessment and Plan Building Workshop. This is specifically what we do in this program. And it's an excellent way to get a good taste of what happens in the assessment stage of my Impact Engine PMO framework that my students are raving about and why they're killing it even in a year of chaos and well beyond. So if you want to join me, go to pmostrategies.com forward slash workshop. We will conduct a PMO health assessment, uncover the hidden barriers that are slowing down your current PMO progress, get laser focused on the high value services you need to have in place to build PMO credibility, learn the most effective influence techniques to gain that critical leadership support, and create your 3090 plan for adding more value in a nimble and flexible, adaptive way so that you can get and keep your seat at the table. I'd love to have you join me. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash workshop. I cannot wait to see you there. And by the way, it is completely at your own pace. So you don't have to feel pressured about having to do it on anyone else's timeline. It's all about how it works for you and you get ongoing access to it so you can come back to it and do it every single quarter, just like many of my students do. All right, Impact Driver, that's it for today's episode. I cannot wait to see you in the PMO Health Assessment and Plan Building Workshop. And I hope you have a high impact rest of your day, week, and let's go make 2021 the highest impact year for your PMO yet. Bye-bye for now.